0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The lights are out. The game is over. But we're just getting started. He got it! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on the Bay Area's sports station. 95-7. The game. It is Warrior wrap up here from Oracle Arena. Chris Townsend and Matt Steinmetz, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security, as the Nets. They just give the Golden State Warriors fits at times, but in the end, the Golden State Warriors were able to get the win, one fourteen to one hundred and one. And as we told you in Warriors wrap up, one of the cool things about tonight was you're seeing something really special. For the fifth straight year, the Golden State Warriors have had at least fifty wins. And that means something because all the, all the years of bad basketball, you know, you don't want people to forget that what you're seeing is something really cool. And I think tonight was a night where you probably had a lot of people here tonight, Matt, that normally don't come to Warrior games that you know Warrior fans at times want to sell tickets understandably to help pay for their season tickets. And this might be one of those games where you had a you had a lot of tickets out there on the market so people got to come in. So it was a loud crowd tonight and Brooklyn gave them everything they wanted early, but in the end, just too much Golden State Warriors. The number, 888 That's 888 we want to hear from you on your way home after this 114-101
2: victory. Yeah, you talked about how this is another 50-win season, and in the past, they had never had back-to-back 50-win seasons. In fact, they went 12 years without making the playoffs, so... What I guess is the Warriors decided to have kind of a throwback quarter. And that was the the second quarter where the Nets outscored the Warriors 34-13. And actually, Golden State went into halftime down uh, in this one. So I I think uh, in the big picture, yeah, the Golden State Warriors are one of the elite franchises. And that's something that has occurred since Joe Lacob took over this team there's no doubt about it but if you want to get a little bit of tunnel vision here and talk about this season talk about where the Warriors are in the standings talk about the Houston Rockets and what challenge they may present down the road if the teams meet I don't think there's a ton of positives to take out of this. I think if you're a a fan who's worried about the Warriors and you're worried that something's not quite right this year and and Houston's coming, uh, tonight's game did nothing to alleviate any of those fears. And if you're on the other edge of that, if you're saying, look, they're going to be fine, they'll flip the switch in the playoffs, well, then you're going to dismiss this anyway. Uh, the, The fact is the Nets play hard. And they came in here and they gave the Warriors a ball game for two and a half quarters or so. And then, and then talent won out. Uh, but it's not a game where you can draw a lot of conclusions from other than the Warriors were a little bit flat, especially in the first half.
1: Well, the really good news tonight, obviously the victory, but Jordan Bell went down. And when he went down, it was, oh, no. And immediately when you knew it wasn't his left ankle, it was his right ankle. But still, after he missed so much time with the left ankle, our buddy Mark Medina joins us all the time here on 95.7 The Game and, of course, on the Chris Townsend Show, who covers the Warriors for the San Jose Mercury News. X-rays on Jordan Bell's right ankle came out negative. It is a mild ankle sprain. But the way he went down and the way he reacted – that was kind of a moment when you went, oh, boy. I mean, because this young man can play a huge role in his first year coming out of Oregon for the Warriors. And I think I'd say tonight, he looked pretty darn good tonight.
2: He did look pretty active, and they need his energy, especially in short bursts. You know, he, he never got he, – he didn't get hurt at, at uh, Oregon, but the way he plays – it almost feels like he could be a player who sprains ankles here and there, gets hurt here and there, just because he's he plays so recklessly, uh, not not necessarily dangerously, but but he plays really really hard, and he and he and he plays every play all out, and you see him on the floor a lot, and he goes for blocks, and he jumps in traffic. Um, I'm worried about him a little bit. Although, again, he's never really had injury problems. But uh, tonight it looked like he. Here's the other thing, Townie. We're about a month before the end of the season and about a month till the playoffs start. So, any injuries now that are called a couple weeks or more now we're getting into dangerous territory so if it's just a mild sprain and he's going to be out a week or so maybe a few games that's fine but right now you don't want injuries because anything longer than a couple of weeks it's going to have playoff implications chances are
1: the number is 888 that's 888 this was a game of runs tonight at one point, the Warriors had a 25-zip run. Well, that's the second longest run in the NBA this year. And then what did the net, The net? they were like 20, 25-4. 25-4. I mean, yeah. this was just unbelievable. How about the, what do you make of this? And I might, it's a cool stat. The Golden State Warriors are 10 0 and JaVale McGee starts. Does that mean anything to you? I mean, because we've seen a lot of different players be out. The Warriors still have, I mean, they have a great record, obviously. They have 50 wins on the year. But does it mean anything to you?
2: Not a lot, to tell you the truth. And and it's got nothing to do with uh, with JaVale McGee. Uh, I, the reason I, well, look, I'm, you got to give JaVale McGee credit uh, for bringing energy at the beginning of the game. And it doesn't necessarily mean he even has to play well. For whatever reason, the four players he starts with do seem to get off to pretty good starts with McGee. Although tonight, they were down, what, 14-8 before they went on that 25-0 run. So you you can't really say they got off to a great start tonight. Uh, In the first five minutes, five, six minutes, they were down. Uh, So I I don't know... I shouldn't say it doesn't mean anything. I guess what I'll answer is I'm not really sure what to make of it, if it's a big deal or not. It's obviously a good stat for JaVale McGee. But the Warriors win at such a high rate, it's kind of like them just running off a 10-game winning streak. That'll happen occasionally, and it's happened a bunch in the last few years. But, look, give JaVale McGee McGee credit. Uh, For whatever reason... It looks like his teammates like to play with him. And because of that, for the most part, in his start since the All-Star break, the Warriors have gotten off to better starts. Uh,
1: say this. He gives you a presence around the rim that Zaza just doesn't. You can lob it up to him. He can dunk it. He can get rebounds and put it back in. I mean, nothing against Zaza. He just ha- he has no lift anymore at right. his age to where – you know he's he's like a um, he gives you that opportunity to throw it down low and put it in there and get an easy two that Zaza
2: doesn't give you. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, McGee finishes around the rim much better than than Zaza Pachulia, and it's because he can get up. I mean, he can just dunk. I mean, he can dunk the ball from angles and from heights that a lot of other players can't dunk the ball from. So he definitely gives you something there in terms of somebody you can throw the ball to and you know he's going to get a bucket if he's wide open. And Pachulia, we've seen a lot of times, is wide open too. And you're right, he struggles to struggles to finish sometimes. There are things Pachulia does that are better than JaVale McGee. He's a much better screen setter. I think he's a better help defender. I think he's – I also think he's a better rebounder than JaVale McGee. And I think he's smarter than JaVale McGee as a player. But there's room for both of them, and there might be room for all three if you throw Jordan Bell into there, into into the mix. Because, you know what, at this stage – and McGee's probably, what, 29 or 30 now? At this stage, Pachulia, McGee, and Bell – Neither of or none of those three are players who can command 25 minutes a game. They just can't, especially when you have a lineup, a smaller lineup that he's actually ditjvales 30. Yeah, he's 30. so he's a little older than you think. Uh, my point is is that they don't have a center that's going to be on the court for 25 minutes at a time, particularly when they like that small unit and Draymond is, is playing the five or even David West. So I, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think, I don't think it matters who starts and who comes off the bench. Although patchouli tonight uh, didn't play because of a coach's decision. And instead Jordan Bell saw uh, playing time.
1: Well, and that's what you're going to have when you're going to have all your money in your core. I mean, that's just your, your, no doubt. you're not going to have the perfect player, unless somehow you're able to draft that player really, really late. But the odds are, it's not going to be a perfect position because all your money is going to be in Steph, all your money is going to be in Clay and KD and Draymond.
2: No doubt. And next year, they're going to have four. Their four guys are going to be under contract again. Kevin Durant told Anthony Slater of the Athletic that he's coming back. So that means the the core four are back, Livingston's back, Iguodala's back. Well, that's that's your top. That's six of your top seven players. So they'll have the mid-level exception to use, which is what they use to get Nick Young this year. And you can split that up, so maybe you can get a couple players, but you're not going to get great players because we're only talking about two, three million a year if you're going to split it up. Now they may get a veteran a real solid veteran who wants to win a ring, will take the mid-level and and contribute. But you're right. If you're going to pay Draymond, Clay, Curry, and Durant tons and tons of money, you're going to have to be switching out your bench year after year because you're not going to be able to pay guys more than one-year contracts at at little money because very few players are going to take two- or three-year deals at $2 or $3 year deals at 2 or 3000000 dollars So what we're seeing is the Warriors, they need some of their draft picks to come through. They need Bell to come through. They need McCaw to be a, a factor at some point. And maybe even Kevon Looney, too. That's the way you kind of mitigate that potential problem.
1: Triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. That's triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. You'll take your phone calls. And you know, one thing San Antonio always had, correct me if I'm wrong, is they just didn't have the greedy guy. They didn't have the guy, especially their big superstar, one of the great players of all time, Tim Duncan, going, I need to make all this money. One of the reasons that they have had this unbelievable run for all these years is guys kind of did what they needed to do to always keep the band together.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And, and that's why I think there's a comparison to be made between Steph Curry and Tim Duncan. I think they're the kind of leaders uh, who, who think team first, Uh, I never once heard Steph Curry or Tim Duncan say this is my team. In fact, very few superstars, I think, could have done what Curry did with Kevin Durant, uh, brought Kevin Durant in, meshed with him perfectly. There's been no problems ego-wise. There's been no problem numbers-wise. And I'm just not so sure that other star players would have been able to do that. But but players like Tim Duncan used to be and Steph Curry are – uh, today, I mean, they're rare players. They're they're rare superstars who really welcome good players to play alongside them. The Anthony Slater story,
1: we haven't talked about that. That was really a no story. I mean, I couldn't believe people really made anything out of that. What else was he going to say? It would be a story. The only way it would be a story is if Anthony Slater or anybody else, I mean, Anthony, you know, you're going to ask the question. Right. But the only way it actually really is a story is if he asks the question about Durant's future and he goes, eh, I'm not so sure. I'm just worried about today. I'm well, worried that's, about this season. Well, that's, then you have a story. Because we've seen plenty of times in sports, whether it's players or whether it's coaches say, oh, yeah, I'm going to be here, right. and the next thing you know, they're not here. Right. So it's a story when, <laughs> or just for me, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but if Kevin Durant didn't want to answer the future question and kind of balked at it and said, ah, let's just worry about here and now, then I would have gone, well, now I'm kind of
2: thinking about this as a story. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I guess. I guess theoretically Durant could have said – I'm going to deal with that this summer. But even that probably would have gotten people to think, what do you mean? What do you have to deal with? Why wouldn't you come back? That's when you have a story. Right. But here's the other thing. First of all, I think Durant's going to come back. I I don't have any doubts he's going to come back. But the mere fact that he said he's coming back... This week, you're right. That doesn't mean anything. It, it, it means his intention is to come back. Clay Thompson's intention is to come back at the end of next year. Uh, Draymond Green, Steph Curry talked about playing his whole career here, you know. But but the odds of that happening aren't very good. If you just check the sports landscape, there are very few players who play their entire career with one team. And the Warriors right now have three guys who are working on that: uh, Curry, Draymond. And uh, Clay Thompson, Durant, you know, who knows how long he's going to be here, but it certainly looks like he's going to be here next year, too. It's time to hear from the
1: fans, brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers. Keep it real, make it Nation's. Let's go to Marvin in Oakland, lead us off here tonight on Warriors Wrap-Up.
2: Hi, guys. Great show as always tonight. Good to talk with you. Um, Just a quick question that I could talk about forever. Do endorsements actually help?
3: If in chance they wanted to, say, lower someone like Curry up $200 million to bid,
2: would he still make good money on endorsements, or do they need that high paycheck from the team?
1: It all depends <laughs> on who the player is. I mean, like, right. And
2: how much money you want to make.
1: Yeah, honestly. Because right now, when, when you look at it, um, Steph Curry right now is one of the gold boys of Under Armour. His Under Armour is trying to. Play big in the game, and they they went with some guys that were younger, like in golf with Jordan Spieth. Uh, They've done it with Curry in basketball, and it's really paying dividends because of how good Curry has been. Two-time MVP, two-time world champion, probably going to do it again this year. Obviously, Jordan Spieth from golf is a multi-major champion, so they bet on these young guys. And Steph's not necessarily a young guy anymore, but that was a few years ago. So Steph's making good money, KD. But not everybody makes big money when I talk about endorsements. And a, right. lot ha- and a lot has to do with what market you're in. Are you in New York? Are you in Los Angeles? Versus are you in Oklahoma City? Are you in Memphis? Are you in Minnesota? Are you in Milwaukee? I mean, a lot has to do with how good you are, your star power, and— and are, are you going to appeal to Masson Avenue and what market you're in?
2: And I think if we're talking about Curry, we're talking about the cream of the crop. We're talking about Curry, LeBron James. Boy, I don't even know who else is up there with those two in terms of uh, endorsements slash brands. But let's say Steph Curry's making $30 million this year from the Warriors, which is about what he's making. He's got to be making more than that with all his other stuff. I mean... Is he making thirty million with Under Armour? I I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know what his deal is. I don't either. But he's also got a bunch of other deals. Yeah, he's got. uh, I want to say he's he's got the water now for sure, the Brita water. Uh, He's got the. uh, What's the? He's got a. He's got some kind of clothes. You know, like a. I don't know what it is. You know, he's got
1: stuff. Yeah. Well, here is the thing. Just think about. Think about – oh, yeah, degree, the deodorant. Just think about yes. – just think about my Michael Jordan is one of the richest athletes of all time, and it has nothing to do with his salary. It's about what he made from Nike, what he made right. from Gatorade, what he made for being Michael Jordan. I mean, you just don't know. But, I mean, the thing is, when these guys if, – if, if in this era of, hey, let's get together and let's all be on a super team, not everybody can make the max – and I think you'd have to say that Steph's teammates realized his greatness, and they realized that he signed a really, really t- team-friendly deal. And that team-friendly deal, I think everybody realized, hey, man, this guy's got to get paid now. He deserves to get paid.
2: Absolutely. And and he did. And he did. But, you know, when I look back on that original contract for four years, $44 million, looking back at it it was it was a very very fair contract to both sides because there was a lot of doubt about curry's ankle at that point in fact a lot of people criticized the warriors for giving him quote unquote that much money and at that point he wasn't proven to be a star or a superstar he looked like he was going to be pretty good if he if he could stay healthy, and then what happened, of course, was he not only stayed healthy, but he became a superstar. Uh, but I think that first contract was was very fair, and, and I don't think Curry could have at that point Curry couldn't have demanded more money. They probably wouldn't have given it to him. And forty four million, I remember it was less. I want to say than a Drew Holiday. I want to say Drew Holiday made about forty eight. Uh, Over the same amount of time. So he was right in that range at that time, but it was because mostly his injury. According to our producer,
1: Lucas, and this is, he found it on Forbes, Steph earnings next season should top $80 million. That includes endorsements and royalties and his basketball salary. I think he's going to do okay, $80
2: million. Yeah, but I, I, you know what? I honestly would have thought it was more than that. If well, he, Forbes is throwing... always
1: a little bit lower because how many times has Forbes said, a team is worth this, That's and then true. they sell for way more. That's so true. they're not always dead on. That's true. I, You know what? I, I think Steph's going to be okay. <laughs> I think he's going to be okay. Let's go to David in Fairfax. Welcome to 95.7.
3: Hey, guys, great show. Um, I want to talk about JaVale McGee. I think he's the most undervalued player on the Warriors. He's the most underutilized asset. They are so much better with him. He should play 30 minutes a game,
1: including a good piece of crunch time. Think about it. He is a defensive presence. I love his offense, but his great value is you can't teach 7-1, athletic, jump out of the gym, intimidate the other side. Look what he can do to the defense. That frees up all those other guys to be the great superstars they
0: are. I don't know why they don't play him more. They should. He's underpaid, undervalued, underused. Your thoughts?
2: I don't. I don't. I honestly don't think JaVale can play thirty minutes a game. Uh, whether it's the asthma. Yeah, he's at the health condition. Or, or yeah. whether, or whether it's the, uh, it's the fatigue. He's not used to playing that much now. Could he get into that? I don't think he's in good enough shape to play thirty minutes a game because. He never has played 30 minutes a game. Now, now that said, I think that there's a point with JaVale McGee where you reach some diminishing returns. He played 15 minutes tonight, and he had 12 points, 5 rebounds, and a block. So he had a nice ball game tonight. I think once you bump him up, or if you bump him up to 20, 22, 24, I, I just can't see him getting much higher than that, uh, if at all. And, I, and I'm and i not saying – I'm saying he shouldn't play. I just can't see Steve Kerr playing him 20-plus minutes a game. I think maybe you see some of the warts start to show up. But, look, he's really helping the Warriors right now. I think we can all agree, agree with that. And Zaza was getting a little bit stale. And – McGee has come in, and he's, he's kind of turned that around. He's kind of righted the center position a little bit. And now the key is going to be, can you keep Pachulia in the mix a little bit? Because I think you're going to need him at some point, especially now that Bell got hurt again.
1: I think we all know the center position is not going to decide the NBA title. Okay? <laughs> no, you're right about but, but, that. But, but what he gives you in the land of shooters, he gives you offense around the rim. You have to pay attention to him because if not, they can float, float one up there. He grabs it out of the sky, dunks it like nothing. He can get a rebound and put it back. He can give you that presence of scoring around the basket that Zaza just cannot. I mean, we've seen Zaza with easy dunks, layups, and he can't get it done. You put it up around the rim, that thing's going down for two. I mean, if you we talk about the spacing of the court. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he. if you don't pay attention, he
2: will burn you down low. If the other players – I mean, th- there's a reason that that, Z- uh, that uh, McGee's open underneath, and it's because he plays with the four players that he plays with. That said, you're right. It, it, JaVale McGee will be paid less attention than – Anybody else on the floor to start the game? Just like Zaza is paid less attention when he starts with those four guys. But you're right. Zaza, uh, Pach- gosh. JaVale McGee uh, can do things in the lane, and he plays above the rim. I mean, that's he plays above the rim. And the Warriors don't have a lot of players who can do that. Um, and Zaza certainly doesn't do that. So he's absolutely giving them a different dimension. And I also think that right now... He's playing better than he's played in the past uh, I think tonight he was he was good you know he was good when he was in there he hasn't always been good and maybe we'll see him become more consistent if he knows he's going to start and he's going to play his 15 minutes a game I, I don't know what the ceiling is on Javale McGee's minutes I'm gonna when Dickinson comes up here I want to ask him that Uh because I know he'll have some thoughts on it, too.
1: 888 We'll continue with your phone calls. And I heard a former NBA champ say this about something that maybe JaVale can do for the team early and maybe even late. Warriors, with the win, 114-101. to You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security.
0: We've played center by committee
3: um, for the last few years, really. Um, and I'm very comfortable putting any of those guys in. Uh, Zaza will will still make a difference for us this year, and he'll make an impact. Um, tonight was not a night for him based on matchups. Um, Javel had a nice night. Um, and I thought Looney came in and did a great job in that, uh, that third and fourth quarter with his defense, um, the fourth quarter with his uh, switching defense. It was one of the highlights of the game. So I feel very confident in all of our centers and, and in their ability to adapt um, and play whatever role we
1: offer them. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Steve Kerr brought to you by Walnut Creek Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram where saving is simple online at walnutcreekjeep.com and now it is time for the play of the game
3: Guy has an angle feeds McGee, McGee with
1: a hard dunk right over the top of Allen Jared Allen welcome to YouTube 53-52 Brooklyn with a one point lead what a thunderous dunk for JaVale McGee. And the play of the game brought to you by American Express, proud partners of the Golden State Warriors. John Dickinson joins us here. Warriors wrap up Chris Townsend and Matt Steinmetz. And guys, just talking about, and and, and J.D., Matt and I were bringing up how JaVale just gives you a guy that can score around the basket, the alley-oop. Uh, he can put balls back. He does stuff that Zaza just can't do at, what, 35 years old, I think he is. And, you know, Chauncey Billups recently said, you know, with everybody talking about the three-pointers, he goes, you know, sometimes just getting that easy two just helps everybody get back, set up the defense, it gets you two points. You know, talk so much about just three-pointers, three-pointers, three-pointers. But sometimes, especially if you're struggling a little bit, you know, put that two in and they got to take the ball out and you can go back and set up. It's, It's not always a bad thing.
3: Well, especially with the way teams really are trying to deny the Warriors' ability to take a lot of three-point shots. I mean, teams always try to do it. Now, a lot of times the Warriors wind up making them anyway because they're so good, but just for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I think you hit on a couple of the reasons, but the Warriors' four all-stars just play with more pop when JaVale McGee's out on the floor. And and it's not always that JaVale McGee's even – doing anything where you go wow he's playing great but if the other four are playing better then you got to roll with it and to this point this season every time he's been out there to start the game it's turned into a w is it because he's a threat i think it's because he's a threat but i also think there's a joy to his game that he just he kind of gets other guys hyped just the fact that you might be able to throw a lob to him, just the fact that he might do something out on the floor that that makes you laugh or or makes you know. I just they have his back, and I'm not saying that they don't have Zaza Pachulia's back. I'm not turning it into that, but Javale's just a guy that, as a teammate, they want to go to battle with, so they raise their game. I, I just there's an intangible quality here, I think, yeah. that actually outweighs his ability to dunk or or his ability to block a shot or any of those different things.
2: You want me to go back in time tell you what this reminds me of? Please do. Since it's, what, 11 o'clock? 1986. (laughs)
1: 1986? Franklin,
2: my senior year in college. It's
1: a a little farther back than I thought we we were going. uh, I was a freshman in high school.
2: We had a a starting center, Ed Lackman. All right, he was a starting center. Old Eddie? He wasn't. He, was, he w- wasn't playing well. And we're in the MAC championship game the next day, and the coach called me up the night before the game. Swear to God, and he goes, uh, hey, Matt, has the team lost a little confidence in Ed? Should I? St- what do you think about br- starting Brian Mennett? I said, coach, start Brian Mennett. You threw Eddie under the I bus? I threw Ed under the bus. Now, I'm not saying they threw Zaza under the bus, but there is something to what John said about – they I think the team got a little got a little frustrated at Zaza's inability to finish inside and it got to the point where you, sometimes you can't even throw him the ball because he's not going to get it done McGee. Is the other side? You don't even have to be perfect, and he can finish yeah. around the around the rim. Here's what I wanted to ask JD. Well, he, you
1: know what? He's like a safety valve. To where there's times with Zaza, like he couldn't
3: even get a layup in. It's well, like, and it's not even that it would lead to a missed shot. A lot of times, it would even lead to a turnover, and then yeah, the turnover exactly, would be, exactly, and then right. the turnover would be going the other way, and that would turn into points, and then that would give the other team confidence. It would. There was just it was more apt to snowball, I think, into something worse than just. A guy missing a shot.
2: So we had a caller before you came in, J D and he he was basically saying, Look, I, I think everybody's missing the boat on JaVale McGee. I think he's I think he's undervalued. I think he's the hugely important for this team. And he said, I think JaVale McGee should be playing 25, 30 minutes a game. And I said, Well, I don't think he can play thirty minutes a game. I don't think he's in good enough shape to. I think the asthma has something to do with it. But what I what I do want to ask you is what do you think his ceiling is? minutes per game on this team?
3: I think it's probably about 20 that, occasionally. That, that's what
2: I thought too.
3: because look, he's going to get the first six minutes, roughly six, seven minutes of the, of the first quarter and the third quarter if he's going to start. Right. And if he's not playing well, I mean we've seen Steve Kirk give him a quick hook in, right. in any of those in any of those situations. I think it's two runs there. Let's say two mm-hmm. six seven minute runs at the start of the first and start of the third, and I think if you really needed them, you could play them another three to five maybe to close right. the game. Or th- but the Warriors don't do that; they right. close the game small right. most of the time, or they close the game with uh, you know whoever whoever <laughs> the best fit is at center on that particular night. It's rarely Pachulia, even when Pachulia starts.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I think, too, is I don't really think they have a center on the roster who commands 25 minutes a game. And I don't even think they want a center who plays 25 minutes. I mean, I guess they would take one if they had one. Well,
3: you just look at tonight, I mean... Kevon Looney wound up playing 15 minutes because he was playing more at the end of the game. Right. You look at JaVale McGee, right about 15 minutes. Jordan Bell, 10 minutes. And Jordan Bell would have played more had he not suffered the ankle injury. But it's basically five, six-minute shifts. It's almost Mm – It's it's just it's a shift. It's and he plays certain combinations together. He's he's very detailed, Steve Kerr. I'm talking about and and orderly with who's going to play with whom. And, And I tell you, that was something that was, you know. Steve, he gets asked about the second quarter, and we, this is something we talked about during the game, texting back and forth, Stiney. He says, well, David West, you know, not having him at the start of that second quarter, it threw everything out of whack a little bit, and it led to some turnovers, and we really rely on him with that unit. Because I, I was telling Steiny during the game, I said, man, it just seems like anybody isn't in their regular role, and the whole thing just gets out of whack.
2: For and Steve a, Kerr doesn't like to mess with it. He doesn't like to change. He doesn't like to – and my feeling now is after seeing Steve Kerr do this for a couple years, it's clear that he wants individual units within the game to develop a chemistry over the course of a season. So he knows that when he puts that that, that team at the start of the second quarter in, that unit, they know they're going to play together six minutes, whatever it is they've done they played 6 minutes all year well you know what it's like a mini team that develops an identity within the game and i think he i think he loves that i think he loves that and if you can do it then i think it's then i do think it's great but sometimes there's a monkey wrench thrown in
1: warriors with the win 114 to 101 but Looking at this game, you're really worried about Jordan Bell. We'll ask J.D., how's he doing? How's he feeling? Because when he left in our vantage point, the way he went down, and they closed the curtains in the hallway so the TV couldn't see, you were thinking, oh, boy. It's Warriors Wrap-Up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Hollis Jefferson stolen by Curry. Curry now on a three-on-three. Pulls up and fires away. Got it! Straight away three. Curry a little dance coming back up the floor. Draymond now chased by Laverne. Throws to the trailing Curry for another three. Yes, indeed! 83-78. And just like that, Oracle is rocking.
2: Not many guys in that locker room remember what that was like. I think I'm the only one that was here before the pre-playoff era. So, you know, got to remind me, I know how tough it was and, and how hard it is to win one NBA game, let alone 50 in a season, let alone a championship. So I uh, definitely appreciate the time we're in right now and, and to continue to keep our organization at, at, the, at the top of the NBA and have that consistent success year after year. So it's pretty, pretty special, man, to be in this situation. You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up on
1: 95.7 The Game. Yeah, and the great Raymond Ritter was just here, and we were talking about it. Chris Townsend, Matt Steinmetz, and John Dickinson, the only other team to win 60 four years in a row. The old Showtime Lakers, one of the great teams of all time. And, yeah, to win 55 years in a row, but
2: we're staring. I
1: mean, they're going to get to 60, for God's sake. Yeah, Yeah, they got to go 10 and and 8. 10 and 8. I I, I like their
2: chances. You know what, though? The thing that I remember is... Back then, the West was considered the easy conference because the East had Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Detroit, Chicago was coming. And there was really only the Lakers. and, and The Suns. Da- yeah, but da- Dallas actually had a year or two in Denver there. Denver year. But, but you see what I'm talking about? So it, I'm not saying it, it wasn't it, impressive.
3: It really wasn't until later that, some of those teams were better. Utah right. Phoenix, Seattle, all had better runs kind of after the Showtime late. Yeah. Yeah, but Rockets.
2: Yeah, we I mean, I'd forgotten that I mean, Curry is the longest tenured Warrior. He's been here since '09. So I I kind of you kind of forget that Curry bridges the gap between the lousy Warriors and the ridiculous Warriors, the dis- still dysfunctional Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that was two thousand and nine. That was the year before Laker bought the team. Nellie was the coach,
3: and, that, and wasn't that the year where you said it was the crazy media day or the first? Yeah, that's right. The first practice of Curry's career.
2: That's right. No media day of the fir- Steph Curry's rookie year. First. Day, he walks into the gym on media day. Steven Jackson says he wants to be traded, and Monte Ellis says, I can't play with Steph Curry. (laughs) Hey, welcome to the Warriors, Steph. And then I remember, you know what else I remember, too? JD is that after one of those years, he tweeted out something like, "We didn't get it done this year, we'll get it fixed. We will. I promise you, Warrior fans, we'll get this to. And you know, yeah, okay. Another guy, Corey McGetty, said the same thing. You know what I mean? Steven
1: Jackson got Bobby Rowell to pay him that contract, (laughs) and then he wanted to jump ship so fast.
2: Yeah, that's Uh, what's known as... Captain
1: Jack. That's what's
2: known as schnookering.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jordan Bell, we're all a little bit worried. I guess not as bad as we thought, Jamie. No, it's not. It's a mild ankle sprain, and it's the right ankle. He sprained the left ankle in Chicago, which caused him to miss uh, all the time. And he's just coming back and kind of rounding into form. Uh, X-rays negative on that. And it's a situation where he, he called it a short-term thing in hmm. the locker room. He says he feels like it's a short-term thing. Jordan so, Bell did. Yeah, Jordan Bell said that uh, in the locker room. So they dodged a little bit of a bullet, yeah. I think, on that. Because you see Jordan Bell well, go down, and and my first thought is, well, not that he's out for the season, but it's going to be hard for him to be a factor this season.
2: That's what I was telling Townie. I mean, we got a month, basically, to the playoffs. So any injury now... I mean, look, when he went down and started punching the floor in, in frustration, thats that does make you think he's done. I mean, f- for the year.
3: But even if we were talking about four to six right. weeks at yeah, this you're point, right. we'd be talking about a for sure. f- in the middle of the first round of the playoffs or toward yeah. the end of the first round of the playoffs. It's hard to expect a rookie, even if he got back to the point where he could play – on May 1st, right. To just now you're going to throw a rookie into the second round of the playoffs when he hasn't played in six weeks.
1: How about this? Warriors are now 6 and 0 since the All Star break. Steph Curry is 31 of 62 from three point range during that stretch. That's 50%. It's pretty
3: good.
2: I wonder I, do you know offhand what he's shooting on the year? I don't have my notes from three. He's he's like 42-ish.
3: It's right around 42. Because he
2: was at, what, 37-9 at one point. And I was thinking this is by far the lowest he's ever shot.
3: And if you remember the night that he came back from his injury yes. right before New Year's, I think he upped it from 38-5 right. over 40. That's right.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Just in the one night. I think you're right. I think you're right. I remember that. You know, the, thing, the funny thing is, is now Curry's been around.
3: And he hasn't been below 40, since. <laughs> yeah,
2: now Curry's been around for so going long. Going into tonight, yeah. 42.2. Yeah. Wow. And what, he, what was he tonight, 6 for 12? Yep. <laughs> it's going up. But, and, you know, that's the funny thing. Curry, Curry, it used to be, well, Curry gets off to kind of slow starts the first couple months. and that, But now it's like he just ends up where he ends up. And you know where he's going to end up. You just don't know how it's going to end up there. But he's going to end up at between 41 and 45, probably, which is pretty darn good.
1: Well, yeah, he went into tonight with over 200 made. You know what? 203 made, and you said he got six, so.
2: You know what? I I never thought the Warriors were going to lose tonight, but I I didn't think that it was – how do I want to put this? Curry was the one that didn't allow him to lose tonight. He Durant kind of played and Clay kind of played. If Curry's not on the floor tonight, I'm not sure they get it done. Or if he, or if Curry's just so-so, because there were times in that game where you could tell Curry was like, "What? What are we doing?" Like, just give me the ball, you know, I'll try to get us going. And he was actually pretty animated for a Tuesday night game against the Brooklyn Nets because I think he he, he thought the team should be playing better.
3: Well, and and the, he was right in the middle of the 25-0 yeah. run and that 29-7 finish to the first quarter, and he was right in the middle of – The late third quarter run, where they kind of pushed the game back out to to gain a little bit of separation, that's when he hit his threes. I mean, that's when he went through that hot streak. And how often have we seen that these last four or five years, where he goes on a hot streak, and that just you can just turn the lights out on on whoever they're playing.
2: By the way, I got to tell JD, he's he was right on with something that he said a couple years back about Damian Lillard how Damian Lillard's got some curry in him and Damian Lillard doesn't like to hear that but but he Lillard's got the ability to do what Curry does at times and again apparently he did it again tonight
0: 37
2: and he did it, and yeah, it, yeah and he did it what was it, last night he did it or two nights ago and 18
3: 19, 19 in the fourth 19 the fourth four last night
2: so Lillard and Curry they're fun to watch well, i mean
3: he scored what, 39 on the Warriors yeah. this year? He's gone yeah. for 50 on them in the past. I mean, he's, he's I mean, playing I th- outstanding Yeah,
2: basketball. he and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis got hurt tonight, too, but he came back at least and, and, and played, and they won again. Pelicans held on. They're <laughs> in fourth.
3: Well, look, just look at the, the Western Conference. I know you guys were, were talking about it a little bit, but all the winning streaks at, at the top of that Western Conference right now it's just all these teams just playing exceptional, exceptional basketball. I mean, the, the Rockets are what, up to 16 now? You got the Warriors at six. You got Pelicans hitting nine. And the Blazers, I think, are at seven now going into their game. And they play the Warriors. That's their next game on Friday.
2: It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's
1: going to be a lot of fun. And you know what else was a lot of fun? When you feel the security of Arlo, my friend. When you have Arlo at your house. You have that kind of security like I had today while I was sitting on my couch. And all of a sudden, I hear the knock, knock, knock on the door. And then all of a sudden, after the knock, it's the doorbell. And I'm like, next thing you know, someone's at my door. I'm not going to say who was at my door. But, of course, they wanted to talk to me about something that I didn't really want to talk about. So I'm able to go on Arlo and hit the microphone and tell them, I'm not interested. Thank you very much. You
2: don't even have to look at them.
1: Well, it's funny they don't see my necessarily see my camera. So all right. of a sudden, it's like this voice comes out, and they're like, "Okay," and they they take off, and that person is going to be on my seven day free cloud storage just so I hope they don't come back. I mean, it's not a bad person whatsoever. It's just something I just didn't want to do with during the day. So that is a cool thing. Someone comes to your door. You can be on your couch. You can talk to them. You don't have to get off the couch. You don't have to open up the door. You don't have to stand behind your door. You can sit on your couch and tell somebody what you want to tell them. That is one of the cool things about Arlo. Two-way audio, 100, 100% wire-free. And by the way, the batteries, they last forever, They do. I barely have had to
2: ever recharge my batteries. Once. I've recharged once since we got them back at this, what, start of the season, basically. Yes.
1: I mean, think about that. We've been talking about this for months, and it's just these batteries last forever. 1080p HD, phenomenal. And right now, you can go into Best Buy and check out this product. You can go to Arlo.com, but you can also go to Best Buy and take a look at these cameras. So, Arlo Ultimate Home Security. Don't forget tomorrow. What do we have tomorrow for you on ninety-five-seven? The game from a Warriors standpoint. Bob Myers at two o'clock. Steve Kerr at five.
2: It's a Warrior Wednesday tomorrow. So
1: Warriors Wednesday.
2: Yeah, Warriors Wednesday. We'll have Tim Bontemps on ten to twelve. It's going to be a great day. Yes, all right.
1: Sir. And beyond the arc, we'll be on from seven to eight. And then the Chris Townsend show from eight to 11. Have a great night, everybody. Warriors <laughs> with the win, 114 to 101. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on 95.7 The Game.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.